0: back, everyone. We're here again for another episode of Truth Be Told. Tasneem, how are you feeling today?
1: I gotta tell you the truth.
0: I've been feeling numb lately. Like numb. Like, numb. like. Beyond sick and tired of being sick and tired. That kind of numb.
1: Yeah. The kind of numb that says, I know I should have some kind of feeling. But I'm not sure if there's words to explain the feeling.
0: What happens beyond the f- when you have felt so many feelings? Yeah. That is where the numbness starts. And it comes from there being so many bodies. The trauma mm-hmm. of witnessing, bearing witness to bodies Yeah. every time we turn around.
1: It caught my attention, Andrea, when I was reading about Darnella Frazier, mm-hmm. 17-year-old, unfortunately filmed, more fortunately filmed the May murder of George Floyd that, for some people, set the world ablaze. For other people, they continue to fan the flames. But when people are asking her, wow, you know, she was just going to the store with her cousin. She sees what's happening. She sees the officer on George Floyd's neck, and she takes her phone out, which is a response of a lot of people now. We're going to document. We're going to video this. And so in an interview, people were asking her, what she felt, and she said, I don't know what to feel. Yeah. Just even the sense of grief becomes inaccessible to us. It is a shock response. It's the flight or fight, right? Mm -hmm. Or freeze. Or freeze. And so I think many of us are feeling that. I have a 14-year-old who for years when she was younger, when I'd say, hey, let's watch a movie, she'd say, mom, is this a slave movie? Because I can't do slave movies. Yeah. She was just numb. Yeah. It wasn't entertaining for her. It wasn't educational for her. It wasn't inspiring for her. It just felt like a weight of nothing.
0: And do you think that that feeling of the weight of nothing is is felt by so many of us right now after witnessing the dehumanization of black and brown bodies mm-hmm. every day?
1: I definitely think so. I have um, a letter That was written to an editor at a newspaper out of southwest Minneapolis. Minneapolis has been in the news, of course. And he was talking about in his letter about noticing how many Black Lives Matter signs were out after the murder of George Floyd. And he writes, I realize this can't end with signs, so I support systemic change however I can. But I have to admit that it's heartening to see how many people care about my safety, about everyone's safety. And it exposed me to how my past responses to these killings, my cynicism, my defense mechanisms, were all somewhat dehumanizing. After watching so many versions of myself die, how could this not affect me? I guess this is one way that white supremacy works. I think being forced to absorb so much death over the years has had a dehumanizing effect on me. Same as Eddie Glenn Lives in East Harriet in in Southwest Minneapolis. And that line, after watching so many versions of myself die. And I think we think we're supposed to somehow access rage or grief or mourning. And in truth, for some of us, it leaves us frozen. Just frozen and numb. And numb. It's like this psychological, in some ways, physical paralysis sets in. No, I don't want to watch another video.
0: No, I don't want to go to a march. And then when you are, when you've committed your life and your family to still act, still respond, what do you do with that numbness? What do and, you do And how with do you get numbness? beyond the numbness? And is it now just activism out of obligation? Could be.
1: Maybe yeah. it's the activism that gets you out of the paralysis. Like yeah. I still got to show up. Yeah. But I think also the mental toil of not dealing with the numbness. I think anyone who studies mental health knows that numbness is a sign of something it that is. you're not grappling with. Right. It's what the body does on its way to shutting down. At least the brain's trying to. It, it's is trying to
0: defend itself from something. And that's what the body, how the body mm-hmm. does, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. trying to defend and protect itself from something. And it knows nothing else to do but mm. shut
1: down. So you get shut a 17-year-old saying, I don't know Can't do this what to
0: feel. Yeah.
1: I had an instinct to record it, but what what am I supposed to do with that? I'm I'm frozen. Yeah. Have you heard of responses to the numbness, almost in a scientific way, that says this isn't lack of attention or even apathy. This is survival.
0: Yeah. So the, maybe not in a necessarily a scientific way, but I've been looking at a lot of uh, from the humanities perspective and the historic perspective of just communal. Dehumanization on a communal playing field and what that looked like over history and what how we are now back into that place and reliving past and present of this witnessing this communal execution of black and brown bodies, mm-hmm. this communal trauma that we all are bearing witness to and what it is doing. Um, and just this idea of ancestral mandates of destroying bodies that look like mine. Bodies on top of bodies on, on top, top of, of bodies. bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And how, unfortunately, there are times that we've seen in the past X amount of months and X amount of years that it has normalized in higher peaks than it has at others. And so one of the questions that I asked a group yesterday was, if your organization wrote a letter standing up in defense and apologizing to the country and making a stand after the murder of George Floyd, Did you do one after Breonna Taylor? Mm. Did you do one after the young man in Texas? Did you do one after Trayvon Martin? And And you said, well, then it just becomes a bunch of letters, right? And so then that numbness is still there. But somehow we, each of us, are taking part in this communal dehumanization. Some of us have become numb to it. Some of us have just moved past it. And again, it's that past and present coexisting all at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of us are like, you know, in order to survive, I have to stick my head in the sand.
0: This is and that's I still shut a way out. of normalizing it. It's still a way mm-hmm. of normalizing. I have it. no more tears left. Yeah, I am done. And I understand, you know, I, I understand, you know, you and I speak with local activists, and we've heard them talk, and we know in our speak in our conversations of how we preserve ourselves in times like this when it's body on top of body on top of body on top of body and that body, that face now morphs into someone you know, someone you love, someone you birth or someone you don't know, but those bodies on top of bodies and what is the self-preservation in all of that mm. for each of us. So is there a self-preservation in that numbness psychologically, Agreed. mentally? Agreed. Yeah, Yeah.
1: It often points me in the direction of my bed. Like I think that Resting my mind, not forcing myself to watch the video thousands of times, taking a break from social media when these big things happen. Oftentimes every single post is about the same thing. Knowing the weight and the sacrifice of peace of mind that I make every time I re-engage in seeing the bodies on top of bodies on top of bodies. Yeah, And so that what is my responsibility to myself to manage that response? Rest. Is sometimes part of it.
0: Mm.
1: Conversations always tend to be part of it. Um, sometimes stillness and quiet are part of it. Sometimes weeping is part of it. Like really just sitting there and letting whatever is frozen in me thaw. Mm-hmm. But if I'm constantly in motion, I'm not giving myself an opportunity to do that. There's a lot of guilt attached to, I think, Andre, with this idea of paralysis.
0: There is. There is. Because we always feel like we should be doing something. Yes. We should be doing something to combat Supremacy, right? So we should always be in the act of noticing, always in the act of responding, always in the act of changing policy. Mm -hmm. Always active. Always just active. Moving, movement. Mm -hmm. And not thinking about what all that acting Mm -hmm. and moving is. Mm -hmm.
1: It steals from our humanity. When, you know, my daughter's saying, I can't take another heavy slave story, Mom. I want to laugh. Yeah. And someone will say, well, this ain't no time for laughing. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when is there not a time to also notice that in the midst of all this tragedy, there's always room for celebration right in the midst of it.
0: Right, there's, they're twins. That's what I'm fearful of five years from now, as we look back in history and how it has played out and manifests itself right in front of us. And we are watching it unfold every day. So when certain curricula was being developed, whether we're looking at late 60s, I'm not going to say the pedagogy of when black studies entered in mainstream. But if we think about how early black studies curricula entered into mainstream schools, it was always from an oppressive, Mm. numb, torture of black and brown bodies in how we teach children about history. Nobody knows. And so we talk about excellence but you're talking about passing on an entire legacy in hundreds of years to new generations of children, so the children and the students who will come after us after this time, what will we teach them? Will we just teach them the trauma and the numbness, and then they will be twenty years from now another fourteen year old who says, "Mom, please, could it be another knee on a neck? It's not going to be the lynch it's the same type of lynching. it's just another manifestation of the lynching." Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing that we're teaching and showing our kids. It's the single truth, right? It is the only, it's it has become truth. The, the only truth mm-hmm. of black and brown bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do we, we do? We talk about illness? this
1: before. The ability to acknowledge the truth in its grimness and recognize that there're still many truths to yeah. be told, some of which have nothing to do with oppression.
0: No. Or struggle. The social construct for lynching, the social construct of death of black and brown bodies, the social construct of of abuse should be the same if we're talking about the social construct of invention of mm. black people. I mean, mm. what would happen if we just mm. equated all of that together? Maybe the numbness would be less. I
1: think so. I Maybe. think so. I think the numbness. Maybe your daughter would.
0: would be able to appreciate Watching 12 Years a Slave and also watching something else at at the same time. And the weight and the numbness of just what we're seeing and Mm -hmm. taking and how things are unfolding every day. Because again, Mm -hmm. we always say death, brutality, trauma, and dehumanization is nothing new to this country. Mm -hmm. It's nothing Mm -hmm. new to the world. Mm -hmm. But the rates that we are seeing it and how it is playing out. Yeah. and what it's doing to each of us psychologically true. and and think about all of these i worry about so many of our young grassroots activists and where are they putting that trauma and where mm-hmm. are they putting that numbness and we know what trauma does we know what trauma does and how we exist just by being black women and that low-grade trauma day-to-day i'm not even talking about passive or activism on a day-to-day basis just being mm. can be traumatic Agreed. so where do we put that numbness Where we put a trauma test.
1: I think one of the things that it's important to do is to recognize that the numbness is a teacher and that that the trauma is a teacher. So
0: what can the numbness and the trauma teach us?
1: I think it may be the opposite of all that activity is the slowing down. The
0: sleeping, as you say. Mm -hmm. The laughter. Rest. The rester. Finding yourself still being in community, Mm -hmm. putting yourself in places Mm -hmm. and spaces with people who are always aware, Mm
1: -hmm. but who can take a break. How about confession? Yeah. How about, Mm -hmm. man, did you see such and such? You know what? I'm taking a break from that. I can't handle that right now. Yeah. You know what? I saw it and I'm not ready to talk about that right now. You know what? I don't know what to feel.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'm
1: tired.
0: But somehow that numbness has equated itself to a lack of education or lack of recognition or not being active enough. And therein lies why so many of our greatest leaders have died before the age of 60, mm-hmm. right? And and not just the physical brutality of what abuse has done and violence has done, but then also the psychological. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, that's a truth that needs to be expanded, I believe. Yeah. You know, this idea that being a revolutionary means to always be in a state of rage and you can't be sleeping and mad. You got to be awake and mad. I got to burn something. I got to yell I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I'm saying that sometimes that is there and right underneath it is this amazing amount of fatigue where you really wish you could sit down and rest. Yeah. And if that enters into the conversation so that we have rage and we have rest, we have awareness and we have admissions of fatigue. We have numbness
0: and we have quietness. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We have response And sometimes we have to walk away. Sometimes we do. Some of my greatest memories of looking at old footage from Chairman Fred, the chairman of the Black Panther Party. The chairman. The chairman. Mm -hmm. Chairman Fred, Mm -hmm. as I affectionately call him, of course, um, is him in other roles outside of Chairman Fred. Mm. And we know how he dedicated his life to eradicating. Mm. And we know how he dedicated his life to working across racial lines we know how he dedicated his life to black and brown children in poverty but we see the trauma and how chairman fred was killed and murdered we we know that but i love the pictures of just the images of seeing him laugh and take a break and i think you talked about this those other before of the images that you love of dr king sitting on the beach just cutting up cutting up sitting on a folding chair just sitting on a folding chair what now that's
1: like that's regular yes rest is revolutionary yeah yeah And so I think, you know, allowing, giving our, our own selves permission to do that and recognizing that we can model that behavior. For me, it begins with confession. And then it's like, so what do I do with it? The numbness can take you out. You can become catatonic. It can lead to a whole bunch of other ailments where you feel checked out of life.
0: And a whole other hobbies and behaviors that we now want to take on and fill ourselves with. distraction That become distraction- and destructive yeah. to our bodies and to our temples. And my remedy for all of that is always humor. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you go to rest, and I'm not gonna always go to humor and comedy, always.
1: And you go to dancing.
0: I do, I do. I, I, I dance. I will dance the numbness away.
1: If there's a mirror, Andrea's dancing in front of you. right now. I wish I could right now. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe we incorporate that to our lesson and to our language, which is like, you know, I'm getting this numbness out.
0: Yeah, maybe so. Getting it out.
1: You're sitting. I'm getting the numbness now. I'm resting. I'm dancing. I'm getting the numbness now. Different for everybody, right? It is. Different for everybody. There's a, a man who's a president. His name is Jamar Tisby, president of The Witness, a black Christian collective and co-host of Pass the Mike podcast. Check him out. But he tweeted um, back in May. He said, I'm numb. The kind of numb that doesn't mean you can't feel anything, but that you feel all the things at once and don't know how to name it or what to do about it. Hmm. That's the numbness we're talking about. What do I do with this?
0: That's our question for everybody today. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with the numbness? What
1: are you doing with the numbness? We'd love to hear from you all. We've talked about a lot of truth, some that need to be expanded, some that need to be thrown away. Sunset those. Whoosh. Yeah. But the numbness, a little bit solemn today, huh, Andrea?
0: Yeah, it is. Sometimes so sometimes it bees that way. We said, you know, rest is revolutionary. Mm-hmm. So maybe you rest and maybe I dance. All right. Okay. So until next time. This is
1: Truth Be Told.